Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Clipsal's date becomes a focus of V8 supercars. This review has been done and has come out with a number of discussions, one of which was to move uh, Clipsal into February. The showdown starts up again on 7 mate. You know, the hunger and the intensity was, was much higher than the first series. And we get closer to the resumption of hostilities at Queensland Raceway. We look at all that and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. And Clipsal's date has become the focus of attention after a South Australian government report looked at all the events going on in what's known as Mad March in Adelaide. Mike Drewer, the media manager of the Clipsal 500 event, told the VAD Insiders that the review is a holistic look at what goes on around that Clipsal time. There's been a lot of conjecture, of course, since this report has been released that, uh, that the event uh, uh, would be desirable to have it in February. V8 Supercars have made it very, very clear that uh, that's not their position, that, uh, that the teams uh, have to have a, a mid- or end-of-year break and that they're not prepared to race till March. So, um, obviously, it's all under discussion. We don't have a date, and, of course, there's the International Motorsport Calendar to consider as well. But uh, it's my view that all the, uh, all the discussions will be held and the parties will agree, and, uh, and uh, life will go on as normal. Is it in V8 Supercars or Clipsal's interests for it not to be the first event of the year? You know, traditionally we've been the opening round and certainly if not the opening round, the first one on Australian soil with a, you know, a couple of rounds opening overseas or championships opening overseas. Um, as a general viewpoint, I think that the board is very, very happy to have the opening round. Um, you know, it is good, I think, both for us and V8 Supercars, but uh, us being the, the largest event in terms of spectator numbers to open the season uh, here in Adelaide with what everybody knows will be a huge event is probably good for the sport and good for us. So I think there's still probably a preference to maintain the opening round. But uh, you know, nothing, you know, for instance, when we held Grand Prix in Adelaide for uh, 11 years, we were the final round, and that worked very well for us as well. So um, uh, if there's going to be a discussion, now's the time to have it. But I think at the moment you would say opening round is still probably the one that's preferred by most people. Obviously, the infrastructure at Clipsal is used for a number of events, including the Tour Down Under. How does 
being able to shorten the period of time that that equipment set up in Victoria Park for benefit the Adelaide people? Yes, um, the, the build program for the event um, is always, historically, has been a challenge and continues to be one. Um, there's been a lot of work done in that Victoria Park area in terms of it being used for other activities, and that will uh, increase, I believe, over the future with the council very keen on that. Um, so, yes, the timing of our event and with things like the, the International Horse Trials, the Tour Down Under, whatever, um, if there is to be or if there can be commonality in terms of the usage of some of that, it would certainly make for a far more cost-effective overall benefit. And, and again, that would be something that uh, I think will be taken into account if there was to be any major switch. Obviously, with Clipsal now having closer communication with all the other events and festivals that are on at that period will be a good thing, promoting opportunities for each of the different group's patrons to share in what's going on. That of all the events held in the so-called Mad March period, the Clipsal contribute almost 50% uh, of the economic benefit across all events. So uh, uh, obviously there's a, a lot of good reasons uh, while uh, the position of uh, Clipsal would be retained, I believe. Away from Adelaide and this week, Ford Performance Racing hit the track for a full day of private testing at Winton. Mark Winterbottom, Will Davison and David Reynolds shared the seat time with co-drivers Stephen Richards, John McIntyre and Dean Canto. Also there was Dunlop Series runner Chaz Mosert. The team tested many new development parts that they help will help them convert those front wheel starts to race victories, which they failed to do so in the past few events. More driver signings have been confirmed for the Gold Coast this week. IndyCar stars Graham Rayhold and Simon Paginow joining Kelly Racing and Irwin Tools respectively. Lee Holsworth talked about why he recommended to Stone Brothers his 2011 partner at the Gold Coast event. Yeah, we, we got on really well, apart from his French, which is, uh, you know, he's, he's hard to understand sometimes. We call him John Girard because um, he does look like the guy out of Talladega Nights. But, um, no, he's, uh, he's a good guy, so we get on well, and that's always, um, you know, a plus. now has a lot of respect and some great praise for Lee Holsworth. Really happy to be reunited with Lee. Uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic driver. I think he's a future champion in Serie. Uh, I'm glad to be his teammate. I'm glad he, he liked me as a teammate, so we can uh, come back second time in a row. And uh, hopefully... Uh, do uh, another two-step forward on the podium together for uh, another you know it would be great to get another surfboard so i could go surfing in the uh, surfer <laughs> the frenchman spoke about the differences in v8 supercars and indy cars which is the series he's coming over from what differences you want to know uh pretty much everything <laughs> when you uh when you strap into the v8 supercar it's time to reset everything to zero <laughs> forget everything you've learned all year long on the on the indy car and uh just try to adapt to what the car wants. It's um, patience, I think, is the biggest thing. You know, I'm, I watch Wind Cup driving, Lee, uh, those guys, they're being so smooth. And I think that's the biggest thing, is being smooth, understanding where the grip is and when. And uh, But also maximum attacking quality is so amazing, those guys, what they can do with their cars. For Holsworth and Paginot, they're both relatively the same size, which is a huge advantage when you're picking a co-driver. You know... We, uh, we, we know what we want out of the car. I know that Simon drives a very similar car to the way that I like to set the car up, which is great. 
Um, so we go there with a lot of confidence that um, you know we'll have another good shot at it this year. Also heading down for the Gold Coast 600 is Australian David Brabham, who will be linking up with Tim Slade in the Lucky 7 Falcon, whilst Dutchman Jerome Bleakmullen will also take his Porsche experience to help Shane Van Gisbergen hopefully stand on the podium once again. While former Formula One pilot Mika Salo has been confirmed he'll be returning to Ford Performance Racing to drive with Will Davison. The Shannon Showroom Showdown has started its second season on 7 Mate this week. With on the white flag lap, we speak to the show's host Grant Denyer about the driver's attitudes to this year's competition. Um, everybody was kind of really pushing one another to the point where uh, it, w- it was quite difficult for some of them to be roommates with other competitors. And finally, Holden Motorsport has just put up a behind-the-scenes look at the design and development of the most successful V8 supercar touring car of all time, the Holden VE and VE2. It is an interesting YouTube clip. You can find it looking up Holden Motorsport at YouTube. And that's the news for Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out the entire range at www.nobrac.com.au. After the break, Tony Whitlock and Lachlan Mansell will join me on the V8 Insiders. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us from Race Facts and, of course, Auto Facts, it's Tony Whitlock. Good evening, Tony. Hi there, Craig. And also joining us from Check and Flag Media, it's Lachlan Mansell, the voice of Winter Motor Raceway. Hi, Craig. Happy birthday. Well, thank you. That was a couple of days ago now, but I appreciate the uh, sentiments all the same. And, uh, well, one thing is we are in the midst of a one-month break. Why are we having a one-month break, Tony? because of the car of the future. I'm sure it's full advantage is being taken of, but speaking to a number of the teams in the last few days, they are all uh, have been enjoying uh, some time off, um, getting ready for the last mad uh, run to the end of the year. I think it's uh, opportune, really, that there is that break for, for the teams, having to run consecutive programs for the current car and the next car. Mm. And, of course, uh, Lachlan, we hear today that the uh, South Australian government's had a a bit of a review on their mad march, and uh, one of the ideas is move Clipsal, which in 2013 really isn't practical. Yeah, they're talking about moving it back to February, aren't they? But with Car of the Future coming in next year, I think moving the Clipsal 
500 back to February would be the absolute last thing all the teams would want because by the sounds of it, a lot of them are going to have an uphill battle getting their new cars ready for the start of next season as it is in March. Tony, the, the build time for these new cars is really starting to get to a real crunch and by all accounts, it's probably Kelly's Nissan that seems to be the furthest along. If that's the case, I mean, they've still got a big program with their engine to run. Um, you know, the chassis, uh, yeah, they're probably well progressed, as are others. I, I recently actually took time to go to Albans, the uh, transaxle gearbox people, uh, and was, uh, you know, impressed with it. Um, I rather like the words of one of the test drivers who said to me that the, uh, the new gearbox is the best part of the new car. <laughs> Lucky, of course, your track at Winton, who is going to feature some more testing of this new car in the future. Yeah, it will. Um, how much testing or, or when that starts, though, was anyone's guess. And uh, it, it just seems to me that a lot of the teams are not really that comfortable with the whole car of the future concept. I understand that there's a few points in the technical regulations for car of the future that haven't been finalised yet. And probably a few question marks as well over the longevity of some of the new components that are being introduced with Car of the Future. So listening to the series organisers, I mean, they're adamant that it will be introduced next year at the beginning of the year, and there's no other option but for that to happen. But when you talk to the teams, there's, there seems to be a few doubts about whether or not it actually will be ready by then. So I suppose the proof will be in what cars we see on the grid at Clipsville next year. And, of course, Tony, that's a, a critical point, isn't it, that if you're the series organiser, you have to be adamant that all the cars will be there. Otherwise, if they sound wishy-washy, teams will uh, take that inch a mile. Yes, yes indeed. Look, I, no, I'm fairly confident, I mean, that, um, that, you know, they will all reach that target. Uh, and the cars will all be there, the 28 of them. Uh, whether there's many spares or not um, will be interesting to see, but... Um, it'll be more a case of how quickly um, they get up to speed and that, uh, you know, we all know the benchmark a couple of teams this year and that they've been that way for really uh, the last uh, 18 months or so. Um, And it's just going to be a case of, you know, if the same teams are going to be there on top again. Mm. Now, critically about the situation that... uh we see that V8 supercars are saying that we can't move Clipsal to February. We have, the last two years, had a f- compulsory February test day. And I'm wondering if Car of the Future will push that date back, Tony. Um, that I haven't heard at all, but, yeah, that's a possibility. Um, given the um, <laughs> that uh, Eastern Creek, the Sydney Motorsport Park, um, is was on the agenda for this year likelihood it's back on again for next year um v8 super has had sort of said that sydney melbourne would be alternating um launch platforms so the possibility is that maybe sydney will be the uh test track of the first day of the new year Mm. it's an interesting situation Lockie and uh, homebush moving to the middle of next year does start raising the questions again about the City of Sydney and Sydney Motorsport Park. Well, Homebush is definitely moving to the middle of next year, is it? I heard that they were the rumours. I'm not sure that it's actually been confirmed yet that that's happening, but I think 
either way, whatever happens, the future of the uh, the Homebush Street race beyond next year is uh, highly doubtful, let's say, because the New South Wales State Government is not a big supporter of that event. They would rather be spending their money on a, a permanent facility that benefits the wider community year-round rather than just one event on one weekend of the year. I think the other thing, Tony, is forgetting about the money that the government puts in to support the the, uh, surrounds of the event. It's V8 Supercars and Archer Capital, their major shareholder, that's losing money on Sydney. And that's going to be the key driver as to whether Sydney continues or it does fold. I'm sure you're right there. Yeah, I'm certain of that. Um, and, you know, uh, with Archer in control, they are far more pragmatists than the people who'd been in control at uh, V8 Supercars because there is one reason that Archer are in this business, and that is not because they're motorsport fans. So, yeah. Well, I, I'm led to believe the Archer board are motorsport fans, but they're not there just because of motorsport, uh, their fandom. They're there because they want to make money off it and they want to make money for their investments off it. Yeah, no matter how much I might tell you they're motorsport fans, <laughs> I'm certain as to why they're there. It's uh, it's interesting. We need to talk more about V8 supercars and Sydney, but we'll take this break first on the V8 Insiders. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. As Lachlan Mansell and Tony Whitlock join me, Craig Revell. And guys, we're talking about the, the future of the Sydney Motorsport Park. Of course, that's called Eastern Creek. I, I'm wondering, Lockie, if you're really, to get the naming convention right, if you really have to go Sydney Motorsport Park at Eastern Creek. Because otherwise, you just, you, you're sort of floundering. Want the Sydney Motorsport Park. Oh, where's that? Eastern Creek. Why did you call it Eastern Creek? Uh, because it's now sitting, you know, you can see this whole ever-diminishing, uh, almost uh, Abbott and Costello type uh, skit coming from it. <laughs> well, it's going to be challenging for those of us who grew up knowing it as Eastern Creek, as we all did, and for those of us who commentate events at the circuit as well, learning not to call it Eastern Creek and learning to call it Sydney Motorsport Park, but Tony Cochran did say a few years ago that the V8 supercars would never, ever race at Eastern Creek, and he's right, because they're not racing at Eastern Creek in August, they're racing at Sydney Motorsport Park. Mm, Even if the track does bear a lot of resemblance, Tony, to uh, a former track known as Eastern Creek. Well, as uh, Cochran was the man who penned the phrase, there are no sacred cows in V8 supercars, um... This is another one of those. Mm, it is indeed. Hey, Sydney is an interesting place. The other day I was working up in Sydney and uh, I saw the CEO of V8 Supercars happily walking over the Piermont Bridge to get to work. It's interesting. I always thought the headquarters of V8 Supercars was in Queensland, Tony. Yeah, well, I'm 
Huffle Boat. Um, he was in negotiations with Channel 10. You don't walk over the Piermont Bridge towards the centre of Sydney to get to Channel no. 10 that is in Piermont. And at 8.30 in the morning, if you're going to meet Channel 10 or even Fox Sports, you're not heading back into the city. You're heading back away from the city. So it has been mooted that Archer is quite keen to get the V8 supercar management down towards their head office, which, of course, is Sydney. Right. OK, well, well you know, I imagine there'll be some reluctant people there. You obviously haven't heard that because you would have been in on this in a flash. Yeah, yeah, no, I hadn't heard this. But, uh, hmm, interesting. L- Lockie, you got any money? Yeah, on? I'm... I don't have any further information or insight that I can add. All I will say is that it would maybe be not a move that would be favourable with lots of the teams in Queensland. Um, I mean, if they were to move the headquarters to Melbourne, then maybe that would make some sense because there's V8 supercar teams based in Melbourne, but there are no V8 supercar teams based in Sydney, although I suppose then maybe it would be neutral ground. Mm-hmm. That's how Canberra was formed, guys. We can't have it in one of the other capitals, so we'll just build it in a sheep paddock. Not that I'm calling Sydney a sheep paddock, listener. <laughs> Guys, it, it is an interesting one because uh, there is a lot of manoeuvring inside V8 supercars with the structure of how the business will run an Archer whilst they've started their, um, they've started to implement some of the changes that they want to make. It's by no means over, Tony. There are uh, more things coming, um, and that would be very interesting if they were to move to Sydney. Mm. Mm. All right, we'll move that topic and talk about television because the uh, V8, no, it's not the V8, sorry, it's the Shannon's Supercar Showdown has uh, relaunched onto the television, and uh, Lockie, this television show is really for your generation more so than even Tony's or mine. They're looking at the Y's and Z's and trying to suck them in to becoming V8 fans and, and in, in, in as such uh, motorsport fans along the way. Yeah, and it's not a bad mixture of drivers that they have lined up for this year's series either. They've gone for a good mix of drivers from a range of different motorsport backgrounds. Interesting to see that they've included a couple of motoring journalists as well in Samantha Stevens and also Andrew McLean. I have to say I'm, I'm very disappointed that you're not one of their contestants, Craig. I thought you would have been right at the top of their list. Yeah, I think uh, 10,000 listeners a week up against however many magazines those guys sell might have been what uh, caught me short. Interesting, Craig. There's probably no other topic that gets more people in the V8 paddock in sense than this uh, supercar showdown. Why is that, Tony? Um, just anger at the idea of some newbies uh, at Bathurst. Why the hell don't they run them at Phillip Island, Sandham, wherever? Just bring them into Bathurst. You know, do we really need them and all that sort of thing? Uh, um, you know, um, some of the kids there, you look, I mean, certainly Cam Waters, he did a fantastic job last year at Bathurst. And, uh, you know, he was a worthy contestant to have got there. Um, possibly not his... Uh, his uh, co-driver anyway um this year of the 10 i think there are a number that um i think are dubiously uh, on the edge of whether they should be there or not there are some very good contestants i mean i think that uh 
Jack LeBrock is an absolute standout in that pack and a couple of others, but um, um, I don't uh, get it as incensed, but certainly there are a number of people in the V8 paddock who are very angry that this thing happens. And it's interesting because it's a opportunity for these younger people who may not have the money to get themselves onto that next level. And also, as an entertainment point of view, it gives them a chance to have a personality. And one thing we in the media are crying out for is drivers with personality. Well, here's a chance before they get corporatized to show what they're like as a person. Yeah, that's exactly right. And there's some great young personalities who are in the ranks of the contestants this year. Uh, Jesse Dixon, for, exa- for example, he's a great young kid who is very articulate um, out of the car as well, speaks very well, does have a good sense of humour. Same with uh, Adrian Cottrell, who was last year's Aussie Racing Car champion, and, and some very good drivers too. I, I think Andre Heimgartner, um, you know, he would not be out of place in a V8 supercar at Bathurst because of his experience in Carrera Cup and in the New Zealand V8 Super Tourer Series. Ryle Harris, another one of the contestants, he's obviously had lots of success in the V8 Ute Series. And Jack LeBrock, as Tony mentioned, he leads the Australian Formula Ford Championship. So there's no shortage of talent. It's probably, if anything, a stronger talent pool than last year's show. Mm. And uh, I will preface the rest of our conversation with saying that uh, Grant Denyer joins us on the White Flag Lap to talk about this year's show. But, uh, Tony, your thoughts on the drivers? Who do you think is going to get through? Uh, Obviously, uh, LeBrock is is one of those guys that you think has got the skills. Oh, yeah. And, look, you know, driving talent um, is, uh, and it should be, one of the absolute uh, major... um, points for any of these blokes to stand out and Adrian Cottrell, uh, Heimgartner uh, and to a lesser extent uh, Dixon and Harris um, you know they are extremely good young drivers um, developing fast Um, you know other than that I don't see anyone else standing out really strongly Mm. All right. well from one end of the pool to the other we go from the rookies wanting to get to Bathurst to the international drivers who are going to be on the Gold Coast. Tone, do you think this international pool is going to be what saves the event? Well, I didn't realise that it was drowning, but anyway, um, I, look, I, I think it's a great concept. It's obviously one that's uh, it's got legs everywhere. It's gone around the world. You've only got to look at the number of uh, drivers who uh, uh, have put their hands up. I mean, realising, of course, for instance, that um, um, the guy who's driving it... Um, Gary Rogers, I can't think of his name now. Andre Premitt. Yeah, Premitt. Um, he's here because uh, Pagano talks so much about her overseas. Um, Pagano talking to Premitt, um, uh, you know, la- late last year, um, got Premitt thinking. Mm. And um, now is coming back again to team up with his uh, driving partner of last year, Holdsworth. Um, and I think it's a fantastic event, fantastic for a whole bunch of reasons. Look, when I hear people start talking about, oh, jeopardising people's, you know, uh, championship chances and all that sort of thing, well, for Christ's sake, the moment we had compulsory pit stops in every race, everybody has a chance of having their race stuffed up by somebody else. A wheel not turn wrong, bingo, championship's gone. It's a team sport, get over it, make sure that, you know, your, your teammates working with you. Mm. And I think that the, the standard of driver coming out here means that, you know, we don't have any lame ducks in the paddock. 
And ultimately, as Jack Villeneuve was very quick to point out, when he was racing with the internationals, he only had to be the best of the internationals. And yeah. what we're seeing now, of course, for Jack, and he was the first one to say it, it's a different level of competition when you're racing against the main guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you know, I, I love the concept of the road it was talking about. The series has moved so much in the last few years from that time where, you know, I can remember the how animated some people were, like Tander and the Kellys and whatever, when they actually split the drivers, when they said, sorry, you're staying in your car. The number of people, it was half the paddock virtually complained. The other half said, fantastic, bring it on, this is great. Um, and you had people sort of say, oh, I'll never get a chance to win with Will again, said Garth. Well, for Christ's sake, he didn't anyway, because he lost him as a teammate. <laughs> but the important part was, we had far more cars capable of winning the race. Mm. And that was, you know, the first great step. Now, this one for this endurance race is terrific. And it means it does become an event of its own unique character. And that's one of the things that V8 Supercars has done such a great job in starting to do is that each event has its own character. Actually, it's funny because the last man standing on the hating the splitting the drivers is Garth Tander. Now, I haven't spoken to him if he still hates the idea now that he's won it with Nick Perkett. But... But, you know, universally, I think up until October last year, he was still adamant that it was the wrong decision. I am going to have to ask him next time I see him. Lockie, what's your take on the international race at the Gold Coast? I don't think there's any doubt that having international drivers racing V8 supercars is uh, a good thing for V8 supercars because it is absolutely getting uh, such high-profile drivers competing in our series. Um, whether or not that's going to be enough to um, to sustain the Gold Coast's life as a V8 supercar event is another question. I think that there probably still needs to be a high-profile international category racing there to make it last into the future. What I find interesting, though, is that the V8 supercars series organisers don't seem to have any issue with international drivers coming out of categories like IndyCar or NASCAR or the World Touring Car Championship racing in the V8 supercars, yet as soon as no, no, full-time V8 supercar drivers... country? <laughs> Sorry? You're going to what? dangerous country? <laughs> what? Are you talking about well, the Oh, okay, here we go. What I was about to say, and I will finish the point, is that as soon as V8 supercar drivers decide that they want to go and race in the New Zealand V8 Super Tourer endurance races, um, you know, the V8 series organisers didn't seem so keen on that idea. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's being beaten up by a couple of media outlets more than anything else. <laughs> I think you're right, but even so, I think, you know, the point still needs to be made because we had two V8 supercar drivers in Shane Van Gisbergen and Fabian Coulthard, who had previously committed to racing over there, uh, withdrawing. Mm. And they were the most obvious choices to have in the uh, in the endurance races in New Zealand to promote it because they're obviously from there. Yeah, look, it's very sad. And the interesting thing is, of course, that um, it has created a fair amount of ill will in New Zealand towards Cochrane and Co. Um, where um, where uh, Cochrane is, is already pushing it uphill because uh, there's still an ongoing battle, not so much for Pukki Curry to get the race, because obviously that's been decided. The V8s will race back at Pukki. But there's a battle between Auckland Council and the ratepayers in that the money that's been committed 
there's still question marks about it. Mm. Um, V8 supercars, uh, you know, gets a, a, a pretty nice uh, road to to, uh, to go there, and uh, things are opened up for them where it hasn't been the other way for super tours, and uh, they don't get the handout, nor do they looking for that handout. But you know, it's it's a it's an ongoing battle between the two categories. Mm. Well, it's always a pleasure to have both of you on the show. Tony Whitlock of Race Facts and, of course, the voice of Winton is Lachlan Mansell. Guys, a pleasure to have you on the show and look forward to catching up with you both again very soon. Pleasure, Craig. Always a pleasure, Craig and Tony. And, of course, I should have given Lockley a chance to plug getting the tickets for the uh, event at Winton, but then I realised that the event's in November now, so we've got plenty more time to plug that as well. <laughs> exactly right. Yep. And, and, of course, Lockie will make sure there's some tank crew included in every ticket pack. <laughs> the white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, we're joined by Grant Denyer, of course, in the second series of the Shannon Supercar Showdown. And Grant, uh, uh, you said last year you couldn't get over how quick a shoot this was for a television program. Has Season 2 lived up to that uh, expectation? Yeah, definitely. The intensity gets kind of lifted, you know. When you've got a um, a hot field of 10 um, mixed uh, uh, driving talents and, and particularly young guns, you know, those those ones wanting to break through. Now that they've had and seen one series in the bag and they know that the prize is real, you know, their chance to drive it at, at, in the Bathurst 1000, it doesn't get any bigger. You know, the hunger and the intensity was, was much higher than the first series. So... Um, everybody was kind of really pushing one another to the point where uh, it, w- it was quite difficult for some of them to be roommates with other competitors. That's how tenacious it was. It's got to be difficult when the first series uh, set up a fairly high benchmark for Australian reality TV, with particularly, as you said, the prize at the end of it. How do you go better? How do you make the challenges more interesting to a public who, you know, will want fresh stuff every week? Well, I suppose that's a hard thing. You know, we were kind of discussing it this year. You know, we've given away the greatest prize in Australian sport, effectively. You know, can you? This is the the equivalent of being able to run on the field, the MCG, in the grand final with Geelong. You know, it's that kind of calibre of prize. You know, there's a, there's the, the the AFL Grand Final. There's maybe the Melbourne Cup. There's Bathurst 1000. You know, that's that's part of our DNA. There's, there is no greater prize in motorsport, and, and there's no greater prize in sport. So this is a huge opportunity, and we've kind of going, well, where do we go to from here already in our second series? But um, it's still great to see, and I think that there is always going to be surprises um, each week, even though it's a, it's a cut and paste in terms of the format from year to year, but that's no different to Australian Idol, Australia's Got Talent. Um, the format's the same every year. It's just the contestants and the stories around that that evolve and change, um, and, the, and the payoff is big. You mentioned that you noticed there was a much more competitive, or is it a, a ruthless edge between the competitors this year? 
Yep. <laughs> I won't lie. I think uh, it, it got to a point, particularly, you know, we had uh, a few competitors from overseas this year. Um, Texas Ed, uh, an American competitor who'd uh, heard all about Bathurst, you know, arrived here. He'd seen the show, uh, realised um, when he got here that it was all about the win, and uh, he found it uh, quite an aggressive environment and made it quite a tough environment for some of the other competitors. He made no no mistake about it. He was there to win, and and he rubbed a few people the wrong way. And uh, even when it came to making a television show and the basic requirements that we need to get, like getting pictures and or maybe a, another take uh, for an, an interview for sound, he just had no time for it. You know, he was there to race and race only and drive and win, and uh, there was no mistaking it. They all wanted this big time. Mm. Now, of course, uh, with the first show in under wraps what was the the vibe because uh, it used to be you had to wait for the nielsen's a month later after the first show nowadays with uh, oztam and of course twitter you get a pretty good vibe straight away on uh, what people are thinking of your new tv program yeah you do obviously um the platforms of social media now give everybody an instant access um straight to you um sometimes you don't want the information <laughs> sometimes you do I think um, within the industry, it was seen very much as just a novel concept. Um, uh, I think they're often the hardest people to impress are, are, are your, your peers internally. Um, sports are very insular. Uh, we were coming from an entertainment point of view uh, and a sport point of view, and I think that confused a few people about the crossover. But, you know, Channel 7 is number one for a reason, because it, it's everything to everyone. We've got a very broad demographic. You can't just get it there and make a, a very sports-specific television show um because that's you know that, that's too much detail it's all about numbers and 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 kind of the finite nuances that nobody in the general pub, public really understands or cares too much about so there has to be an, an, an uh, a component of entertainment and and uh, i think we've kind of won them over um, now the viewers, yes, are on board. The industry is now on board because they kind of they they know that some of Australia's greatest driving discoveries have slipped through the cracks because they didn't have the finances or the connections or the opportunity. Um, this now circumnavigates that. Mm. All right, now can you talk to us about the? Uh, you mentioned about the American in the field, but what about the other guys? Do you see guys here that might not? be able to get to the final hurdle in the showdown, but are, are going to go on and have uh, a, a very healthy motor racing career. Yeah, look, definitely. I think that's that's the great thing about being involved with uh, Kelly Racing is they're also scouting for opportunities as well. So, you know, whilst last year's series is over, you know, there's two or three guys and girls uh, that now sort of work with um, Kelly Racing um, on a regular basis, whether it's in the workshop, developing relationships. Um, Kelly's have kicked open a few doors uh, for them. Um, at test days, they appear regularly and get and the opportunity to be able to jump in the cars. So it doesn't just end at the television show. It's a genuine opportunity to actually start formal relationships inside the industry. And yeah, you have to look at, you know, Samantha Reid. Well, she finished third last year and she was in the shootout for the win. Um, a great surprise, great talent. And it's going to come from all directions again this year. Um, you know, we're certainly not just making a television show for the sake of the television show. The Kelly boys are too busy, um, you know, for that. It's about talent hunting, and it's 10 people who genuinely have a chance at winning. Mm. Well, of course, a little bit of housekeeping, and that is, of course, the website has got uh, some great opportunities for V8 fans to win some fantastic prizes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, interactivity, uh, I suppose, is the one thing that we've, we've kind of developed um, for Series 2. You know, we want to not just give uh, these 10 um, Australians a chance to, and international drivers, to drive at Bathurst in the 1000, but, um, you know, we'd love you to join us as well. So on the website are details on how you can actually be a member of our, our pit crew and join us uh, with the eventual winner and myself in the Bathurst 1000. Um, so uh, the website has all the details and uh, you'd be crazy not to have that one-on-one intimate experience inside the sport itself here at the mountain. So um, bring it on. Mm, and uh, you can also catch up with shows you miss online as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, for, uh, for more details and behind-the-scenes pictures, um, you know, there's a lot of fun that has between particularly a lot of the young guys. Uh, there's a lot of ribbing, you know, there's a lot of outtakes. Uh, but there's also some, some great stuff from Shannon's uh, and opportunities, prizes and giveaways. So there's a lot on there. So if you're after more, uh, it's the one place to go. All right, what about Grant Denyer, racing driver? Get a, Take the PR and uh, the, the TV host hat off for a moment. How ready are you going to be this year for Bathurst? Well, that's the toughest thing for me, you know, it's, um, I was all about my motorsport, um, you know, up until a couple of years ago, uh, that was my entire focus, in fact, I only got into television purely just to find sponsors to go motor racing, but uh, the TV career's kind of kicked off a little more than I thought, and currently making three television shows with Australia's Got Talent and Sunrise, five days a week in another part of the country, and, and then Supercar Showdown, so it's a full load, um... I'm a little bit shorter on miles this year than, than I would like to be, but, um, you know, if I can sort of help sort of mentor a, a younger person having their first start and try and get them through and get them to a finish, you know, that's, that's kind of my, my role. You know, I come at, come at the thing with a, with a cool head and, and an understanding that it's all about just trying to finish the race while I know that every, uh, every winner that you're ever going to put in there is, uh, is, is going to want to win the thing and, and you just try and be the balance to that, to that eagerness. But, um, yeah, look, I'll be doing a couple of test days. Uh, we've got a couple already in the bank. Um, but unfortunately, the Olympics have sort of thrown us out this year and I can't quite do the Queensland round of the development series um, beforehand. Mm. And, of course, with Winton getting changed, that meant the other opportunity to get in the car has also been quashed. Yeah, I've still got my supercar from 2009 and 10. Um, it's been deregistered. It's in Queensland, so I can thump that round a little bit just to sort of spend some more time um, in the car. But... You know, my last series, series, you know, I finished fourth in the championship um, and had five five race wins. So it's, I was kind of really ready to take the next step in 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 my motor racing career. But then um, uh, some new options in in television sort of came along for me, and I have to really, it is that fork in the road career wise where I I kind of had to put a a few more sandwiches in the uh, in the television basket because um, I think. You know, that's that's probably has a, a longer opportunity for me and, and will look after me longer. Mm. Of course, a couple of years ago, when you were balancing with other forms of uh, motorsport, you uh, did yourself an injury in a monster truck. Is that back injury now playing up uh, with you when you do get in a car? No, it's 100% now. Um, I've, I've finally come full circle, so it's taken two years. Um, but uh, it's it's fully recovered, which is which is fantastic. It was the gamble of not operating um, that we took, um, which is, which drags out the recovery and rehab process dramatically. So, um, but you do have a better chance of a hundred percent recovery. It's a risk. Um, we took the risk and it paid off. So I'm I'm quite thankful. I still get a tweak every now and then just to sort of uh, ensure that my body's um, straight. Um, uh, but it's 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 actually perfect. So it's a real gift 
to be back in a, in a race car and on the racetrack. Oh. Uh, it's an important part of my life, and, and I'm, I'm very lucky and thankful for it. So I measure my risks a little differently now. <laughs> and how have you seen the Kelly Racing Organisation develop? Because you've now inserted yourself in the organisation in two separate years. How have you seen the change of, of that organisation? They're a very vibrant um, bunch. You know, these guys, whilst, you know, they're kind of... They're the real quiet achievers in a sense that, um, you know, they're not big mouths. They're not they're not big noters. They, they really quietly tick away under the surface. Um, they're very eager, hands-on boys. Um, there is not a detail in that building um, that they are not across. And that surprised me more than anything. And I think, you know, you'll, you'll see Rick Kelly uh, making signs, um, developing merchandise, uh, coordinating uh, their fan base interactivity uh, right through the development of the cars. Uh, Todd is an engineer head. He, he's hand-built this. He's a very clever boy. Um, I've seen him hand-built this beautiful timber speedboat with just metal detailing and, and just craftsmanship that, you know, I've never seen before. He's a real talent. So he's right across a lot of the development, you know, of the Nissan program. Uh, their infrastructure is growing massively um their investment is huge and i think they will be the force in coming years and they know that this is a developmental program at the moment the last couple of years has just been about transitioning to the new phase and now with the new car being nissan uh all that's under wraps and while they know it might be it might take a year these guys are set to make it work Mm. It's going to be an interesting time ahead, and for fans of our supercars, it has an extra chance to see some, well, some potential V8 supercar drivers out there competing for a chance to race with yourself in the uh, Shannon's Supercar Showdown. Grant, thanks for your time here on the V8 Insiders. Absolute pleasure. That's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders. The checkered flag waves over another edition. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.